Happy New Year. Bon année. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, 2019 in French football has started with the traditional cup action. So we've got lots to talk about and also, obviously, uh, a look at where things stand at the halfway point in the league. So we've had the quarterfinals of the Coupe de la Ligue, uh, which panned out not quite as some of us were expecting. Uh, so we have Strasbourg beating OL 2-1 with goals from Ludovic Ayoke and Lamine Kone um, around uh, Bertrand Traore's uh, goal for Lyon. We had Monaco beating Rennes on penalties 8-7, I think it says here, with goalkeeper... Um, Badashile putting in a great performance, including scoring the winner. Uh, PSG lost to Gangon, who obviously are not in great shakes at the moment, so that was quite fun to watch. And Bordeaux knocked out the final remaining uh, Ligue 2 side, Le Havre, 1-0 with a goal from Calou. Who saw any of these matches? And Rich, mm-hmm. how are you feeling about them? Uh, yeah. Rich, go. <laughs> go. Yeah, I saw I saw the tail end of the, the, the Ren game. Um, I suppose I had my high at the weekend with a penalty shootout, um, which I'm sure we'll come on to later. But um it, it was just I mean it was a poor match. It was not it was not great. I think the only thing that made it better were some, not all, some of the matches that followed failed to live up to expectation either. But it was it was not great. Um credit to Monaco, I thought they actually played pretty well. Um, I thought by and large they controlled the match. Um, If I put put non-biased hat on, um, they they did deserve to go through, I think, on the balance of play. Uh, Penalty shootout was absolutely pathetic. (laughs) It was was awful penalty after... Every now, every now and again, Mary Henry's face as that was happening was yeah. Every 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 now and again, guys, I'll sort this out for yeah. Every now and again, there was a decent penalty, but there were so many just you know sort of dribblers along the floor that were just the keeper could have dived, got up and dived again to get them. Um, I think highlights being um, Ben Arthur's. I suppose it was almost an attempt at a Penenka. It was sort of very lazy, classic Ben Arthur style that, that backfired on him. There was Sofiane Diop against his former club who showed him exactly how you do a Penenka. Bearing in mind, that was a, a sudden death, you know, miss and Monaco yeah. lose penalty. The fact that, that an 18-year-old decided, you know what, I'm going to do this against my former club who... We had contract disputes, shall we say, with, and then as he as he ran back to the centre circle, the little wink to say, "Yeah, I knew what I was doing." Um, I just yeah. I just saw a quote from him saying he knew that if he went either side, he'd miss, so he had no choice. Apparently. <laughs> I felt so a bit that... sorry for Kubek because, of course, he missed his hmm. when the goalkeepers were called. Well, in I mean, a lot of a lot of people have come uh, out. To, you know, he's been he's been criticised heavily, rightfully so. I think he's not had a good season. He was then dropped, but he came back in uh, the last couple of games. Uh, Abdullah Diallo's been out injured. Um, he obviously was the hero in the, the the penalty shootout win at the weekend in the Coupe de France. Um, you know, he, he over over eighteen penalties across two shootouts. He saved five of them. You know, I think that's a pretty decent ratio. And then, of course, we get I to will, the fact... I would add that Nardo's and Glicks were almost as bad. Well, yeah, exactly. 
I, I don't even know if they had enough pace to cross the line if Kubek wasn't there. <laughs> um, but then it's just unfortunate that it was him who, who yeah. blazed his penalty over. But it's a, it's a great story with Badia Shilly. Um, you know, he was, it was going to be Subasic starting, then Subasic withdrew pretty late on. So he was called in, um, you know, did what he needed to do during the game. There was nothing really he could have done with the Ren goal. And then saves a load of penalties. <laughs> Again, weren't the most trickiest of penalties to save. And then, then saved three. Yeah, and then four. And tucked away the winner as well. So, yeah. frustrating game from a Ren fan, but uh, an, an entertaining finish. Not an entertaining 90 minutes, but as, as a penalty shootout, I'm sure the neutral was entertained at the yeah. uh, shocking quality. Right. Uh, Jez, any of the others that you want to, to pick up on? Obviously, two of maybe the favourites went out. So, uh, yeah. I watched two and a half before. Uh, one of the ones I watched was Bordeaux against Arp, and apart from a very, very good winner, there's absolutely nothing to say about that. It was a terrible match. Um, Monaco and Rennes, it was, I mean, it wasn't good quality, but it was sort of exciting because it felt like there was lots of at stake, obviously, for very obvious reasons for Monaco, but for Rennes as well, I think, to sort of... Um, you know, keep up a good recent dynamic, and um, you know, Ben Arthur's comment afterwards about, well, you know, if there was a good match to lose, this was the one. Sort of looked a little bit stupid after after PSG got knocked out, I think. So, sort of with hindsight, it was that match kind of took on even more importance. Um, Lyon Strasbourg, I watched the first forty minutes, and it was just, it was classic Lyon. I mean, they. The last five minutes of the half, I did, did miss them hitting the post twice and missing a penalty, and they hit, hit the woodwork again in the second half. But for the most part, they, they didn't really deserve anything from it. And it was, yeah, it was sort of, um, you know, classic sort of sterile possession. Strasbourg just let them have the ball, and they never looked like doing anything. And it's, you know, as usual, Genesio is getting a lot of stick for it. But at some point, some of the players have to come in for criticism. And Depay, you know, it feels like, it's a bit like what I always say about Pogba. For every one match where he looks fantastic, there's five or six matches where he could not give a shit. I mean, he's making Dimitri Payet look motivated at the moment. Um, and then, and you know, Fekir, he's had his injury niggles, but he just does not look close to the player from last year and Leon must be kicking themselves that they didn't sell to, to Liverpool for albeit for, for a smaller fee than they wanted in the summer because he just he doesn't look close to that kind of form at the moment. And I don't know if it's because he's a little bit peeved that he's still there or or it is the injuries taking his soul. I don't know what it is, but I'm not gonna say there's problems there, but you you're ex, you should be expecting more from that calibre of, of um, not just footballer, but the, you know the whole attacking line. Um, I thought again, Terrier did okay, but it's not really his job to be sort of leading the others before him. He, Didn't he get one of the Coupe de France goals? Yeah, he's been in good recent form. Yeah. I think he scored two in his last three or four matches now. But um, yeah, not his know, job with would be all due respect to Strasbourg. Big letters. Yeah, Lyon should be. With the incentive of a of a Coupe de la Ligue semi final, Lyon should be looking a hell of a lot more motivated 
than, than they did. And it's, yeah, it's a worry. And I think I read today they haven't reached a domestic cup semi final since 2014, which, uh, Ouch. which is pretty poor. Yeah. And then obviously the, the final quarter final was the, the, the sort of shocker. Um, David Wall just said some, some crazy stats about PSG's penalty taking, uh, sorry, penalty concessions. And they've already given away 10 this season, four of them by, by Tio Kera. Um, the player that PSG thought was the one they should spend their final 35 million on for some reason. Um, and, you know, as much as Tuchel can complain, and I did think one or two of them were slightly soft, there was a reasonable claim for all of them. And actually, you know, Strasbourg was, was given a penalty after VAR review that was absolutely no way in hell a penalty. So I don't think Tuchel can, can have too many complaints. And, um, you know, the usual thing, although PSG, again, dominated possession-wise, Gulfenek, who we all love, did a, did a very good job and good for them. And, you know, at the same time, it's ridiculous. There was a tweet and, that went around a third minute winner, I think it was, from Turan. Yeah, it was another penalty and sort of... Uh, he was a bit lucky. It was not a good penalty and Ariola got a good hand to it. But, you know, good luck to him sort of stepping up after having already missed one earlier in the match. Um, at some point, they were going to lose a, lose a, a domestic cup match. It's the first time in 45 or 50 matches, depending on which tweets you read last night. But um, there, there was a tweet from someone saying, you know, that's why you can't take PSG seriously because they lose matches like that. Probably if you look back at the same tweet, same tweet as tweets, there's probably other ones saying you can't take it seriously because PSG win everything. It's, you know, I'm not going to defend PSG in any way, but, uh, you know, they're... They need they're to run, be evaluated as a football team. Yeah, the run them. has been fantastic. Teams yeah. have to lose. And, you know, for an English football person to, to say that other leagues aren't serious, the night when Man City win a semi-final 9-0, I think maybe they should win their neck. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so following up from the... Before the Coupe de la Ligue, in fact, we had the Coupe de France uh, ninth round, which is when the Ligue 1 guys turn up, and a lot of them have gone, which is good to see. Of the 32 matches of the ninth round, one has been postponed, and I've no idea when Grenoble-Strasbourg is going to be played. Were, that was put off for pitch issues rather than the traditional gilet jaune or terrorist attack thing, which has been happening recently. So of the 31 that happened, 10 were upsets, which was brilliant. That's what we want. Coupe de France, the match <coughs> le coupe. Um, and there were some big upsets, the biggest of which you may all have been hearing about OM's issues, but the biggest of which was Viry Chatillon of the sixth tier regional side beating Ligue Angers 1 0. Five divisions difference. Um, next four divisions difference Noisy Le Grand, again, a sixth tier side beating Gazelic Ajaccio of League 2 um, 2 1. And then we have three divisions difference. Um, OM's issues at Andresu of National Deux, who won 2-0 and, to be fair, looked in absolutely no trouble 
at any point, really, which was interesting. Um, so of all of the Coupe de France games, of all of those 10 upsets, seven games went to extra time, four went to penalties. Les Herbiers are still with us, bless them. Um, Jez, what was your favourite game of that Coupe de France round? Uh, favourite upset, favourite goal, favourite whatever? Uh, what did you enjoy most? I mean, it's it's hard not to look past. The two obvious ones to me are Angers, just for the, the, the huge gap in divisions, but it is difficult not to look past Marseille. And again, it's not anything against Marseille. If, if it had been PSG, we'd be, we'd be laughing at it just as much. But um, they, they do look a little bit in disarray at the moment. Um, I think that was their 12th defeat of the season. Last season, their 12th defeat of a very long season was the Europa League final. So that, that was a, an indication of the drop-off. Um, there was a very good article about them in, uh, um, in L'Equipe earlier this week, which has sort of been maybe sort of rode back on a bit by Equipe today with, with articles saying how the players are saying coach will fight for you. But you know, I think maybe the, the Monday one felt more sort of uh, cl- closer to closer to the truth at the moment where I basically said Montan does passed it. Hayek mm. is the captain and should be setting an example. It's just playing like he doesn't give a shit. And tonight there's been uh, reports that his agent's been sort of touting him around Spain and China. Um, and that Torvay is so obsessed with his personal stats that he's becoming increasingly selfish. Um, and there, there do seem to be problems at the moment. I mean, the, you know, everything about the club is always on a kind of knife edge, whether it's in terms of, um, you know, ecstasy and depression or financial stability and serious problems. And, you know, we, we're, we're going to win the league or we're in massive crisis. And, you know, all, they're, they're always all a little bit too, too extreme. It's never as bad as that. But, this is definitely one of the one of the troughs rather than the peaks at the moment, yeah. and I, I I actually think you know, some people are saying that they can't afford to to sack Garcia at the moment, and I do wonder whether that's true. I'm, I'm, I am I think he's hanging on by a thread right now. Yeah, I think um, uh, one article I saw in Lequipe after that match was uh, that it was top one and two of their. Uh, most read articles at the time was the top five humiliations of Marseille in the Coupe de France, uh, mentioning Carcafou, Cadiz, uh, Grenoble, uh, Ganguinon, and obviously Andrézieux, and describing Valagement as fantomatique, which is not a good word uh, for a striker. So, yeah, not good, obviously. They have to pull themselves together. But, I mean, they're out of all, everything except the league now, so they have to focus. Um, Rich, any matches that kind of, apart from obviously Ren's battling uh, penalty win over Ligue 2's breast, um, anything else you want to mention from the Coupe de France? Um, well, I think, I, think the, I think the Ren game was certainly... Win, would win the most entertaining. I thought it was a really good game, but I've I've um, having having written the the preview for them, uh, Noisy Legrand, um, mm. their 
president who is 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 quite the character it seems he's a he's a self-made oh, yeah. self-made um turkish millionaire who seems to absolutely adore this club he he does everything for them so a millionaire but he gets involved in everything with the club so he's president but he's there selling tickets he's there you know getting getting you know programs in place he ensured that at, at the weekend ticket prices were as low as could possibly be for the for the visit of Gazalet Ajax. So they were only three euros to go up and see them. He takes his t- he's got a he's got a box at uh, the Parc de Prince where he, he takes his players to watch PSG physically pointing at the likes of Mbappe and Neymar saying, you know, you're no they are no better than you. They are just men. Um I like that kind of I like that kind of yeah. thing. And then to have seen that his his, his team then this weekend you know, complete the uh, the giant killing, and as you as you pointed out at the start of this, the second biggest giant killing of the round um, in in knocking out Ajaxio, uh, and then perversely enough, then drawing Bastia away um, in the mm. in the next round. Oh, so that'll they, be a punch up. <laughs> they yeah, they get a visit. They get a visit to Corsica uh, in in return uh, with every chance of, of of getting through that. There's only you know. Bastia, we forget of all the troubles they've been through. There's only a division difference mm. between those two teams, so there's a you know there is a distinct possibility that you know we're looking at, uh, at Noisy Le Grand making it past there as well. So I thought that was a, a terrific result for a, a team that have, have uh, run by uh, quite a uh, quite a guy. Yeah, I think can elsewhere. I just, can I just quickly mention mm. just on, on Noisy Le Grand as well, and Phil, you might want to cover your ears for some of this. Mm. Um, one of the heroes of the weekend was uh, Jimmy Modest, who's the assistant manager at Noisy and at Entente. So he, he had two massive giant killings in one weekend. Yeah, I mean, the, the Montpellier, that did not end as <laughs> anybody was expecting. I think um, uh, looking at the other sort of putty pousse, we had another couple of regional teams in there. I mean, Strasbourg Olympique got smacked all around their own park uh, by Saint Etienne 6-0. Um, shouts out, however, to Longo ESC of the seventh tier, who only lost on penalties to Vitre of National Deux after a 0-0 draw, and Eglon Le Lamontin, uh, the final remaining overseas team who were away at Ligue 2's Orléans. They equalised late on, and it was, oh, the joy. Uh, Gary Bockley involved in that goal. Remember him from, you know, the winning the championship thing in 2012? Um, but Orléans then promptly went back ahead. And, yeah, so uh, Eglon and Lamantin were out, but they came very close to forcing a penalty shootout. So it was a really, really good round of games. There were the 10 upsets, as we say, but also two of the other, you know, Pussy Pousse uh, acquitted themselves really well there. And uh, there's some really nice looking uh, setups in the next round. We've got teams like Set, Les Herbiers, Qua, uh, obviously Bastia coming back versus Noisy. Uh, Viri, uh, who beat Angers, will be playing Caen. And you've got to think, if they can take Angers, they can 
probably take comb because they're next to each other in the table. So lots of very interesting um, fixtures coming up in the next couple of weeks uh, when we get to the round of 16. Now, we are at the mid-season point. Um, we don't want to go on about this too long, but we've had, uh, Tarek has written a roundup of uh, Lyon's situation, midpoint, which is, to quote him, you know, their famous consistently inconsistent, uh, given that they've just lost a quarterfinal uh, to Strasbourg and etc. Uh, we've also got a piece coming up from Connor shortly on Marseille's issues. They're currently sixth in the table and that's the only table they care about now, having been knocked out of everything else. Um, Jez, any team that you want to do a kind of quick mid-season roundup on um, that, you know, to, to point up what's going to happen from here on in? Uh, I think, in lots of ways, the most fascinating one. Um, I think Bren is potentially one, but I might leave that to. I'm guessing maybe Rich might, <laughs> might take that one. Um, but you know, obviously Monaco, they had a you know, diabolical uh, summer transfer-wise, and have really suffered from it up till now. Um, they have missed. They have had a lot of injuries, and you know, the, the, the standout one clearly has been. Uh, Ronnie Lopez, and that was kind of highlighted yesterday by by how much better they looked and how good he was on his return. Um, they're they're getting very busy in the in the winter transfer market. I think Naldo's who really can be signing. Um, they've just confirmed the signing of, of Balotelli. Um, Fabregas hopefully will arrive if Chelsea can find a replacement quickly. So there's there's sort of potential moves there, and you know, they're going to end up with with a a team full of minors and old age pensioners at this rate and nothing in between. Mm -hmm. But I still think that they, they should be okay. Um, they should get out of trouble eventually. Um, and obviously now with, with PSG out, they, they've got to be up there as one of the favorites, but there's only four teams left for, for, the, for even ending with a trophy. And it's also interesting just to see Henri's development. Is he going to sort of, can he kind of, rein in a little bit the, the, the I don't know about the arrogance but make it less about him and make sure it's more about the team I just I think it's going to be fascinating to see see how Monaco go in the second half of the season mm. so Rich who are you picking uh, well oh, yes. I, 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 yeah I was going to say I can't you know I'll, I'll pick up the, that nice uh, baton that Jeremy left for me <laughs> Um, I will. I will very quickly look at Ren, um, and and really, it's it's the transformation under under Julien Stefan. Um, I'm putting I'm putting last night's game down as a blip. It was not a good performance, um, but uh, I was a bit peeved with with Ben Arthur's comment when I first saw it. There is a, a little bit. It's sort of. What he's saying, what he's saying, what he's comment that doesn't make people peeve, though. Well, what, what I think, Man what he does have a habit of pissing people off. Well, what, what he's saying is correct, perhaps to a degree, to a small degree, but you don't say it, especially at, immediately after the match. You don't say there is, you know, I would, you know. Ren have got a history of choking when it comes to, to, to the cup. So, yes, it would have been great to have got to the semi-finals in a tournament with, you know, none of the big teams left. But 
you know, would I would I rather Ren finish, you know, in the top five, or would I rather them lose a Coupe de la Ligue final to Strasbourg? Um, so, well, would you rather they they won the Coupe de la Ligue than say? Get to the Europa League quarterfinals and then get knocked out. If you if you could, if you could have, if, if you yes. could if you could guarantee me Coupe de la Ligue success, yes. But sadly, I've got an element of realism to to my my support for Ren, and they wouldn't have won it. Let's 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 be perfectly honest. With they they wouldn't have done. They'd have found a way to have to have uh, uh, collapsed in that final had they made it. <laughs> um, but ultimately, what I'm what I'm enjoying under Stefan it is would have been a fr- good day out. It would have been, but so would so would so would so would have been so would you know so would the final against Saint Etienne, so would the two finals against Gangon. But look how those three ended. Um, but what I'm liking under Stefan is he's he's got the response from the team, which I you know possibly would have come with any manager. But there's there's I think there's respect there as well. I see young players in that squad and young players that are coming through. Um, it's clear that he's respected. You know he's done his way. He is a young guy. But he's he's done his 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 sort of um, training, if you like. He's done his 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 time with the uh, with the with the youth teams, um, and I like I like the way he's carrying himself. He's 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 not flashy. He's not you know unlike Henri. He's not making it about him. He's letting the team you know do their. It's a horrible phrase, but he's letting them do the talking on the pitch, and perhaps Ben Arthur off the pitch. Um, but he's getting the response. There's improvement from players. You know, Benjamin Borrego last season was one of one of the players of the season outside the top couple of teams. But he started this season a shadow of that player. He's now looking back to his best. Aside from um, an awful penalty last night, and uh, you know, not a, not a great performance. Ben Arthur is improving. Um, you know, it's starting to look more like. Um, you know the the Ben Arthur almost that we saw at Nice. Um, he's got a defence looking more organised, which is perhaps, perhaps the big thing. Um, and yes, you know you look at the run of games. He hasn't lost a game in ninety minutes yet. Um, and I know you know you look at the certainly the run leading up to the the, uh, the winter break. They were against teams that yes, Wren should have won. But the fact of, the fact of the matter is is that Wren weren't beating those kind of teams before you know at home to uh, at home to Dijon at home to Nîmes you know chances were that that Ren would have struggled against them and I, I do but correct me if I'm wrong, I think Ren even did lose at home uh, to, to, to Dijon last season so there's there is improvement the team are looking more organized the team are looking like they know what they're doing um, I'm I, I'm going to say it but I really don't want to say it because it's going to come back and bite me but I am looking forward to the second half of the season. I think they've positioned themselves pretty well. Um, I think he's got a good squad. I think it could be improved. And he himself has said that they are looking for um, a left-sided player, a left-back. Um, ben Zabaini still isn't the solution, but he, he's, he's just about keeping his head above water at the moment. Um, but all in all, it's been, it was obviously a very, very impressive end to the year. It's been a mixed bag start to the year, um, but obviously the the coming weekend it really does kick into gear with them with them being away at Nantes. So it's uh, it's potentially good times, but I'm uh, I'm being realistic. I'm, I'm intrigued by how they're going to do for basically for the reasons that Rich said because everyone has been raving about Stefan. It's a little bit like 
Solskjaer, I guess, in that they really haven't... The Lyon match aside, I think they should have been expected to win all those matches. And you know, the last two matches, arguably, even though last night was in Monaco, really they should have won the last two matches more easily than winning one and losing one on penalties. So it will be interesting, to, but there has been a marked improvement and there's clearly a change in spirit in the side. So it will be interesting to see how they do when they, when they come up against better opposition. I think looking elsewhere at that kind of top part of the table, Montpellier currently sitting in fourth, but haven't had a brilliant start to the year after, as we said, being one of the upsets, losing... Uh, 1-0 to National side Anton SSG in uh, the Coupe de France and they had one of the catch-up games which was uh, I think game 18 uh, on Tuesday which they lost 2-0 at Nantes and had Gaetan Laborde sent off so that's not going to help anything really. Uh, meanwhile Saint-Étienne are on the same points as them uh, 30 and they had what was it a 6-0 hammering of yeah of Strasbourg which I'm sure would just make everybody feel you know cheerful about that um, the second place team obviously is Lille still who are one of the only ones in the top half of the table to have actually played 19 matches so far but they are second um, how do you see how that's gone, um, and how are they going to hold on? Basically, Jez, just quickly, do you do you see them, you know, holding on to second second place or at least a podium finish? I guess the the first thing is seeing which players they hold on to. Uh-huh. Um, they had a bit of comfort from the DNCG in that they are still allowed to uh, to to sort of venture into the market, but they're still sort of being very heavily watched and still yeah they've got it's the wage cap thing which means but i think that runs till the summer so we might see players having to go out to support players coming in yeah so it's going to be interesting so i mean assuming they at the moment they don't want to bring anyone in then hopefully for them it means they don't really need to let anyone go either um, like I said, Balotelli has gone tonight, but certainly Andrew said that he's not as impressive as a lot of the reports say, mm. and you know that's that's really good money for him, so they didn't crazy not to take it. Um, obviously, the big ones are, are more sort of Pepe, um, yeah. Sumara. Um, if they can keep hold like of that, exactly. So if they can keep hold of them. Um, and they can ma- maintain that form, the fact that it's a sort of all energy. Um, type of play and they're not the most um not experienced but you know they're not they're not used to sort of playing like that year in year out and maybe there's still a little bit of work for them to do fitness wise as well um we'll see if they run out of steam at some point but um certainly while all the other teams around them are kind of doing their best to, to beat themselves as well it gives them a little bit of wriggle room i mean i, I keep saying the whole time i still expect leon to finish second but I expected them to beat Strasbourg. I expected them, no offence to Rich, to you know, just take one example, to beat Ren at home. There's lots of matches you expect them to do things and they don't. So, um, you know, with, with a wily coach like, like Gautier, yeah, I do, I do think that they'll, 
not necessarily finish second, but I think they'll be they'll be well up there at the end of the season. So we kind of moved into the transfer market discussion there, obviously with Lille, uh, Monaco having their usual. It's hell to keep track of who they buy and who they sell, frankly. Um, of the transfers that have happened so far, or the transfers that are being heavily rumoured, what do you think are the most interesting? Rich, is there anything that's kind of uh, piqued your interest in the Mercato so far? Um, yeah, I think probably some some moves that went perhaps a little under the radar. Um but uh, I, I like the moves that that Gengar have done. Um, they're obviously struggling in the league, but you know that that win last night against PSG is going is going to do wonders for them. They've also got Gorvanek back. As Jess said earlier, we all love Gorvanek. Gorvanek loves Gengar. Gengar loves Gorvanek. Um, and they've bought. They've 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 moved pretty quickly, I think, in the transfer market, and they actually signed um, some pretty good players. You know, Alexandra Mendy's back uh, to provide some. Much needed help up front. It's uh, just here, Papi Gilabogi. Yeah, they've got, they've brought, they've brought Gilab- Where Gilab- are you put the, putting that in the? Yeah, no, I think that's a decent signing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's, Did you know, he's he's Dong? proven he's proven league and quality. Uh, yeah, as you say, Didier and Dong, uh, they they've brought him back to league and we know that he he can perform in league and he's a bit of a uh, uh, an unpredictable character, but. You know, again, they have they have at least performed in the league, um, and so I think those kind of signings maybe more to come uh, in the window. I think you know what, there's enough there now um, that that Gangom I think probably have enough that they they could be looking at avoiding the drop. Um, I think certainly just before perhaps the final, I think that final game before the winter break, that win in Monaco was a huge win. Um, that obviously put them in a in some decent spirits at least, although they were bottom uh, as they went into the winter break. To have come back then and then got the, the the win in Paris last night. These signings, as I say, more to come. I think I think there's enough. Yeah, that that Gangon could well be looking at, at uh, avoiding the drop. That's that's a big shout, given that they are currently bottom on eleven points. Monaco on thirteen, Dijon on sixteen, and above them 18 i mean that is that is quite a quite a big shout which um i think uh one thing i noticed montpellier have bought a uruguayan defender so i don't think they're going to be getting softer anytime soon um other transfers that are of interest to you jez anything that that kind of Jumps out at uh, in terms of players coming in. Um, I'm sounding like a start record, but the two most interesting ones for me are Naldo and Fabregas. If he comes in, mm-hmm. um, I think Glick looks finished, Jemison has looked awful this season, yeah. um, Shile looks uh, what's so happened to defend yeah. another goalkeeper. Sure. I think he's looked, I think he's looked really good, and I think Naldo could really help that defense. Um, and the whole team in terms of leadership. And then Fabregas, the fact that Lopez is back means that they do have some real class and creativity back anyway. But I, I do think Fabregas, if he can get close to his best, would be a really, really good signing for Monaco. Apart from that, so I think as usual, possibly in terms of transfers, it's more interesting to see 
who kind of stays or goes from Ligan rather than who, who, who they who Ligan clubs bring in, who they can keep hold of because there's so many um, French-based players who are being linked with with moves abroad. Obviously, with um, mm-hmm. moves to the Premier League, Cardiff have been have been linked to quite a few, like Salah and Tamez. Um, Peter, I think, has been doing a lot of pedologies of one minute saying Salah's not for sale, the next minute saying he really needs to sell him. Um, it's just just come out now that um, Watford are possibly in talks with with um, the great Max Corne. <laughs> Um, so you know, there's a few players who could who could be leaving Liga. and that might be yeah, that might be where it's at in terms of the interest. Definitely. Okay, so we're looking forward to the next round, which is the twentieth round, the first Ligue 1 round after the winter break. Now we start with Convi Lille. Lyon play Reims on Friday. Uh, Amiens uh, play PSG on Saturday. We've got already Nîmes versus Angers has been uh, postponed. I've no idea why that's been postponed. Gilets Jean again. Oh, they set fire to most of central Montpellier last weekend. It was awkward, you know, tear gas and stuff just everywhere. But um, the big match on Sunday night is Marseille versus Monaco, which I went to last season and um, parachutists just turned up and dropped into the stadium and nobody really understood why, which was interesting. Uh, So we'll have to see how that pans out. But um, any game, particular games to watch uh, this weekend that you want to, to point up? Uh, Rich, anything? Um, I'm going to avoid the obvious from me, even though that is going to be a, a, a big game. It is Marseille-Monaco. Uh, it, it simply is. You know, Marseille are in a, you know, not a bit of a mess. They are in a significant mess at the moment. Uh, Monaco, Monaco, Monaco are in a significant mess as well. Um, so it, it, you know, it could be labelled the Mexico, um, but ultimately, you know, Monaco come into it at least having experienced a win, albeit a, a penalty shootout win. Um, you know, there's this. This is this could be a game. You know, we know what what Marseille are like when they come against. I know they uh, they they beat Monaco um, earlier this season. I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, at Stade Louis de. But, you know, with the pressure that Garcia is under, you just fear that if Monaco win that, or more to the point, maybe if Marseille don't win it, yeah. could that be the time, bearing in mind, with t- you know, time's ticking on in January now, could that be the time then that the, the trigger is pulled from those higher up on Garcia, which, considering the mess those higher up have caused, would be a bit hypocritical, maybe. <laughs> And Jez, anything you want to look out for other than the Sunday night game? Um, in theory, I'd look out for Nice against Bordeaux because they're sort of two big clubs with a nice history. But the way they're both playing at the moment, I think it would be awful football. <laughs> so possibly I'll avoid that. We'll score. <laughs> um, not not Ren, obviously is I'll I'll do Richard's job as, as we swapped a couple of Monaco. <laughs> um not Ren is always always a you know great derby match and 
I think it's particularly intriguing at the moment. I think did they recently play in? Did they play in the last round of the Capital League? Uh, yes. They yeah. Did. Did Ren came from behind? Ren, yeah, Ren last minute, that. pretty much last minute winner. Yeah. Um, Nantes, uh, their form is a little bit up and down, but as you said, it was a good, good result against Montpellier the other day. Um, their first goal is worth looking out for, but just for Rongier's pass to to Nashiguaro, which is super. Mm. Um, and as we said, Ren are in really good form as well. So I think this could be hopefully one of the one of the the, the best. Brittany, whatever you want to call it, derbies for, for, for a while. Okay. So we're not going to have a pod next week due to um, various unavailabilities, but we'll be back in two weeks to discuss uh, all of the Ligue 1 stuff and is there going to be other cup things we will be back with all of the news in two weeks um if you have any questions want to know uh, give us any opinions then please do hit us up on twitter or on the comments under the article um otherwise well, thank you very much for listening happy new year as we said um i've been joined by rich allen and jeremy smith thank you guys Thank you very much. Thank you. And we will speak to you again very soon.